welcome to the Purple Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Andy. Joining me for this summer series again is Emma. And Emma, tomorrow we make our apologies, tonight we make our podcast. Say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Literally, that's what she does. I'm trying to take my water here. Talk, say things. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that you're trying to drink your water. Yeah, we're... We're here. We are supporting. I guess, I'm not sure whether this is because the All Star Game just happened, or it's because of all the baseball references last week. But we are supporting our team. Some of them extremely successful. Some of them defunct. Yes. Well, we just yeah. It was just a, a firestorm of baseball appreciation, and we thought we would uh, join in. And yes, uh, it's the All Star break, which means it's the worst time of year for sports fans. Terrible. Uh, so why not stay up late and watch people talk about Survivor and baseball shirts? Makes That's sense. The to same. Me. It's the same. All right. Uh, and also uh, to make this amazing transition, you know what they have in baseball, Emily. Emma. What do they have in baseball, Andrew? They have coaches. <gasps> oh, so uh, let's talk. Let's start the episode by talking about coach, because that's how these two episodes that we're covering tonight uh, started. We got back from the tribal council where the villains finally went and got rid of Randy. And uh, Coach didn't like his uh, reception at tribal council. He didn't like that people were calling him on himself. And uh, he had a bit of a cry. Yeah, Coach, coach got sad. Yeah, so uh, had question. how close did you actually come to feeling sympathy for Coach in those moments? Well, this time, you know, I knew it was coming and knew the hilarity that ensued. And the last time I watched this, I still purely hated Coach from Token Team. So I'm going to go ahead and say I didn't come very close. Yeah, see, for me, it's like he, he uh, a few times in the scene with Tyson, he came dangerously close to being like a human being and dropping his shtick and then and like look, letting us have a glance behind the curtain and then always kept pulling, you know, no, 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 no. So you could see what was going on, and I, I, I find that interesting, but then he still has to be like, well, nobody does this more than me. I'm the only one out here that can do blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like... if. Even while he's having this little meltdown, he still has to, you know, stay in character. And it, it's really too bad, I think, because I think there were moments there when you really saw is that this is a guy who saw his edit um, on Token Jeans and where he was more or less made out to be the fool. Um, and he, he could see it happening again. I think that's and where this all came from. Villain's tribe, which he did not like. No, he's the most honorable ever. All of it. Yeah, the, I would say the closest he gave is like, well, he's right in that he's very sensitive and hides behind machismo. Like, those are, that both of those are true. Yeah, but then he does it while but he's then, doing this. Yeah, but yeah, then. While he's, he's unloading on, on Tyson, he still has to, you know, make himself grandiose. And it's just like, you were, you were so close. And I, honestly, I remember him being more 
genuine in those moments or vulnerable and then watching it again it's like yeah it's it's only in subtext it's like it's there and i see what's going on is that he's everything he thought he was coming back to survivor to disprove that he's not a joke that you know he really is the great man that he says he is frequently uh was already come undone and nobody was believing him uh sandra called him out on that nobody stuck up for him because it was true and people don't stick up for you in tribal council that often and it was all come crumbling down and his veneer was almost going to go with it and that's where the tears were but nope had to keep fighting back and it's just like sorry coach this is who you are and if you want we can give you some tips for why you should stop being this way oh and boy do boy do they give tips and by they of course we mean tyson who just clearly has, like, had this prepared since choking chains, because he just, like, lays it out. It's just like... It's like, I could tell you a few things, but you won't want to hear it, and the coach is kind of like, what things? And then, bam! Yeah. Yeah. Don't wear feathers. Don't tell your stories. People don't like your story. They don't believe your story. (laughs) If you're going to do Tai going off to the side. Yeah, no, it was... Yeah. Yeah, I know, and I think that continues why uh, All-Star Coach is probably the best coach, because it is the coach that's continually taken down a peg. Even here, even in, you know, his assistant coach is going to coach him up. Uh, still being like, dude, you're you're lame and everyone knows it. Stop being that way, because I know, because I think Tyson probably genuinely likes him. Um, right. And it turns out, actually, the more human moment in that exchange was from Tyson. It's a, a, a glimpse of what we'd have see him become in Blood versus Water. Yeah, and I think probably closer to who he is, right? Like, it, right. it seems like a lot of people like Tyson in real life. Um, it's just, you know, he's also the smartass, and that's the role he loves playing uh, when cameras are on them, on, on him. But, you know, I think he still, like, connects with people, and that's probably why he was the linchpin of this, uh, you know, tribe, or at least the alliance within the tribe. So, yeah, no, it's a great scene. Uh, show, you know, you get a glimpse of who Coach really is without you know, ever having to really feel sorry for him or connect with him on a human level, which is good, because I'm not interested in that very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you get him taken down again. And then it even continues a bit uh, the next day where Tyson tells everybody, because yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. As close as Tyson is with Coach, he has no problem putting this whole... Coach you know, is going to leave. He had he cried. He's thinking about quitting. Yeah, he totally sold him out. And no problem putting yeah. you know, Coach's private moment on Front Street there. And then we even get Boston Rob... Uh, uh, with a good one-liner, is like, oh, talking about quitting. Not yeah. doesn't seem very coach-like to me. Yeah. Um, terribly sorry. I need to take a quick adjustment because this laptop is far too warm in this weather right now to be on, literally on my lap. So. You mean I have to fill airtime talking without um, somebody else talk? I don't know how to do that, but I yeah, will try. We're done. It's, all, it's already over. Oh, that was close. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was... You know, to kick off this set of episodes, a little interpersonal scene, and I think uh, I think that's actually the more interesting thing about these two episodes, more so than the result, which was, you know, there was actually one shocking result, one fairly predictable, but in terms of the overall story, I'm not sure how much they have to play, and we'll talk about that, but I felt more uh, was interesting for the, the long-term game was mm-hmm. we get introduced to the idols this episode, these episodes, yes. and the two tribes take two very different approaches on how to handle the idols. And they're not only very different approaches, they are the opposite of what you'd expect for each tribe. 
Um, which is funny because it just sort of keeps going to show us like, oh, the villains being the fun tribe and like the heroes being all bickery and stuff. And so you have the villains, you know, see so at Russell, who is the one who should have known better, um, notices like a little piece of paper in their reward and is, and it falls out and Rob reads it. And so they all know about the clue and, it's a total, I guess they all watched Gabon. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, what do we do with it? Oh, throw it in the ocean. Yeah, like, get rid of it. Nobody wants it. it was, Whoever has it, it's Mark. Sandra has an amazing, like, where she says, it's not fair if one person has a hidden immunity idol. And, like, I love Sandra, but come on. Like, okay, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, and, like, it was Sandra pushing for it, and then, you know, Rob backing her up and all that. And in that instance, it shows how the old schoolers probably don't get it enough about how powerful this thing is. Uh, but I think it was also interesting that Sandra's the one who pro- proposed this. She's the first person to say it, according to the edit. And I think that runs counter to the narrative that a lot of people have built for Sandra, that she's, you know, this person who coasts, that she's mm-hmm. always just, you know, lets other people take control and just stays back. I think that, and we're going to talk about this the whole season, whenever it comes up, I think that's a totally misread on Sandra. And I do think some of it is because uh, one of the worst observers of what Sandra is good at, a survivor, is Sandra. Uh, you know, she just always likes to stick to her quick lines of, you know, as long as it is not me. But I think this is an instance that shows she doesn't just sit back and let things happen. She makes things happen. She's a mouthy person. Um, it's just it doesn't seem like she's pushing it. And this whole thing of, you know, whoever goes after the idol is marked for death, that was Sandra's idea. Yes. And and I did enjoy um, Rob sending Sandra as, like, the spy on Russell, too. It's just, just like... And that's, of course, where we get the immortal line, he's a stupid ass. Yeah, and I don't think that was, like, an accident. I don't think it was just because Sandra was nearby and, you know, their hands were busy. Right. I think it was a recognition of one of the things Sandra is good at. And this one she has pointed out, but I don't know if enough people have picked up on it. Uh, she's constantly listening in on people. That's She's an information broker. She Again, she's not a floater, and I, I think that's just a total disservice to people that think that. And I understand why they think that. It's a subtle edit, and... Again, she often just sells herself short because I don't think she thinks deeply about Survivor. I think she watches it. She plays really well at it. But a lot of people don't know in life what why they're good at the things they are good at because mm-hmm. it's just natural innate ability. But she is always knowing what's going on. And I think that's why I think, you know, they probably recognize that about Sandra. So I was like, you go find him. And that was a great scene because they're just looking at each, in each other's direction because she's crouched down looking where Russell is and he's kind of like looking where she is. And um, that could almost be a whole metaphor of their interplay the entire season. <laughs> so should we move on to how the um, heroes discovered the idol or dealt with the idol? Yeah, so the villains decide that their uh, idols are not fair play, and we're just going to be a harmonious tribe and not even worry about that nonsense. And the heroes decide, no, we're all going to go for it, we're going to go for it now, and I'll push you out of my way to find it if I need to. Yeah. Also, somewhat amusingly, is that both tribes found it, like, as a tribe. Like, both tribes discovered the clue, you know, in a way that it was unavoidable for everyone else to hear it. Yeah, it worked out perfectly, I think, for, you know, the producers. I'm sure they're yeah, they like, that was a good idea. We did good. 
<laughs> and I almost like wonder if Russell, like, you know, fumbled with it because he's just not used to clues to idols. Right. He's just kind of looked for them. Yeah, like, what, what? You tell us where they are? And it's also, uh, I mean, how great is it when he finally does find it where, like, there's, like, this two-foot trench all around? Like, hey, not so easy where they don't just jump right out at you, huh, Russell? <laughs> but, you know, he found it anyway. But, yeah, I do think yeah, that... Yeah, he's like, I, I was looking, it was right in there. I've been digging in this hole for, like, three days. Like, yeah, oh. I'm like, you know, I just ran up to a spot and grabbed it while people were chasing me. Uh, and maybe that's a learning they had because, you know, Samoa was immediately before this. Right. Um, but yeah, I know. I just do think it's interesting, and I will say, like, I'm not faulting the heroes for that, especially because the person who found it desperately needed it, and the rest of them needed him not to find it. Right. Like, I think it's probably the more you know, honest approach in some ways. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah we want idols, and it's just kind of because I, I think the people in power there have played season with idols. Right. Um, yeah, the only one that really hadn't was like Rupert. Um, but Rupert is a deep thinker, a survivor. We know he watches <laughs> intently because we've seen his tweets. Um, also, where, also, whereas, yeah, the, the power structure of the villains didn't really know, and now I will let you talk. Um, also, I think it's sort of, it's not just, crap, well, now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, so I'll try to swing it. But, like, there's, there's how Tom, you know, knew he needed it, but... It, was less familiar with it, maybe was less adept at being being sneaky. Whereas Amanda, you know, knows how to like what kind of behavior to look after. That's and right. that sort of Nobody thing. knows how to hide owning an idol better than Amanda Kimmel. I think we can say that. That's true. Also, really I remembered awesome. what I actually wanted to say, which was that um, that I wonder if it would have been different. See, because the heroes had voted twice and the villains had voted once. And both of the tribes, their first vote was really kind of just like a gimme. You know, yeah. they just punted it. Let's and, get rid of the people from Gabon, which, yeah, yeah, obviously. Right. Why not? It's a terrible cast. And um, whereas the heroes, the line had actually been drawn. They, they had alliances. So, you know, as you said, like Tom, Colby, they knew they needed it. The others knew they needed him to not have it. Whereas the heroes... Like, they so nebulously know they don't really dig Russell and that poverty's a threat. But, like, otherwise it's very, you know, still very loose. Yeah, and even with the Russell thing, like, it's, a, you know, a back-of-the-mind itching type thing. Like, this dude, right. cool. Because I think everybody who's spent time with Russell Hans gets to that point. Probably not to go <laughs> like, ooh, why but are the he, hair standing on my own? Yeah, but he didn't become a target for them until, you know, he yeah, did his Russell thing, which... At the time when I was watching, I was all with Sandra and and Rob about, yeah, what a stupid ass. And, you know, he, I'm, yeah, it's going to finally get hoisted for the by his petard for this action. But no, no, he uh, was absolutely right. And having it was so much more powerful than not having it. And, you know, he taught Rob that lesson. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what you were saying about the um, divided tribes and how the heroes made it clear... That, of course, is a lesson of why maybe you shouldn't make it so obvious who's on the ins and who's on the outs that early in the tribal phase. Uh, which makes me... Uh, uh, so that's one of, I would say, their faults. What would you say the Heroes Tribe's biggest fault is? There's just so many to choose from. Yeah, and I bring this up because, obviously, these are two episodes that they've lost, yeah. uh, which makes four of five. Not a I good mean, Maybe, yeah, is it, you know, that sort of nebulous team chemistry, like, 
lack of communication because you have that in the challenges, probably how they're failing. The fact that none of them are good at puzzles, apparently, is a flaw. Um, and then, and then the communication again, like in keeping, you know, keeping it as a tribe and feeling like it's actually a unit and not such clear cut alliances. Which, you know, is really odd for a group of people called heroes. That they just completely went to clicks and just started, you know, this is our side, you're that side. And maybe part of it is because that's the only way, you know, heroes know how to play is, you know, um, the people with me are honorable and the people with right. me are, are problems. But, I mean, And you I think, stick with the people with you because that's the only honorable way to play. That's right. Uh, whereas on the villain's tribe... They actually aren't doing that, you know. I think they all made it clear that they don't trust poverty, but even there, they didn't vote her out. Yeah. Um, but and they uh, like still, they'll still like talk to her, you know. Yeah, they'll still joke around with her because right. you know. Ultimately, I think she and like Courtney and Sandra have really good chemistry. They will be people that can hang out with each other. Um, again, they just have probably really good chemistry. Well, poverty has chemistry with everyone, as true. we know, and Russell clearly does not. Um, and before uh, I want to get back to the, you know, what I think the Heroes Tribe's biggest problem is, but um, kind of move to the next thing because I've already kind of put us there. You see it in this episode that the villains, the villains. I want to you know underline we call them villains. Yeah. They're the ones doing the team building exercises at camp, right? We right. see the scene where everybody but Russell, which is uh, another great you know showing of how. Russell, these may yeah. be villains, but Russell Hans is a different beast altogether. Um, they're all doing the Coach Chi, which, you know, you have to know that, like, everybody but Coach thinks this is ridiculous. Yeah. Sure, some of them might be like, hey, I could stretch. Not yeah. that Coach necessarily has... Yeah, like, I, we know that Parvati at that point still was, you know, very into yoga. And it's like, hmm. she's like, yeah, this is similar enough to a warrior, too. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Yeah, is his warrior chi or whatever he's calling it. And I'm sure, yeah, like, if you're probably really doing yoga, you're probably like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But they recognize that just being in the group is a good thing, you know, forming team bonds, especially because a lot of them still feel like Coach is a necessary member of their alliance. But, right. you know, like, do you think, like, Rob does a lot of Tai Chi? Do you think Sandra does? No, God, I hope so. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, together. You know. But they know that you know, team building activities are important, and you see it carry forward to their continued challenge dominance. Um, they, the next time they lose a member is not because they lost. Uh, and if I may, um, not only you know they also know that Coach is feeling very sensitive and very vulnerable. So this is sort of they're indulging him, and even though they're indulging him those who think it's stupid are kind of bonding with each other. Cause you see like Courtney and Sandra making faces, you see poverty sort of laughing, you know, and stuff like that. Like they can still, you know, they're still sort of, and that's bonding too. Like as bad as it sounds, you know, and we, it, although we see it on survivor all the time, like making fun of someone can be a bonding experience. It is how Look this podcast came together. Uh, no, yeah, no, exactly. And it's just, I think that's just striking that, and some of it's all results based, right? Uh, teams that win tend to bond more together. Teams that lose that don't. It's like how sports writers always like to, you know, make all those comments. Like they've got team chemistry. It's like, yeah, when you win, you often have better team chemistry than when you're constantly losing. Uh, but it is just, I think a good interest. Now, so that makes me think that maybe that's the hero's biggest problem, but maybe it really is just as simple 
as uh, none of them know how to do a freaking puzzle. And maybe that's all it is. And I'd love to make it about more things. Because the other thing I think that I think we can underline and highlight here is they have basically two people that have any real mind for strategy on their entire tribe. And they faced off against one another. Um, so there, I think it was a really a problem of leadership. When right. like James and Amanda and JT are you know your your move makers and your 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 strategic leaders, maybe you're kind of doomed to begin with. At the same time, maybe it's just because they can't do puzzles. And when you lose, all that other stuff starts to happen. And you're not very happy with each other, and you know you you have to come up with plans because you're going to tribal council, and even if they're good or bad, and it's just because none of them know how. And maybe it's not even that none of them know how. Although I think none of them know how. Uh, none of them know how to do as well as Boston Rob. Maybe right. that's just it. But yeah, no. I, I prefer to make it a personal flaw about them and the fact that, like, like who's the brain trust in that tribe and why? Why would you ever be like, yes, let's get together, me, James, Rupert, and figure this whole thing out? Yeah, that was that was a choice. <laughs> Um, and uh, so, and a further contrast. So, the villains are the tribe that you know they're bonding together, doing the coach G. When they get to the reward challenge, um, they're cracking jokes with probes, having some fun, diving into the chocolate, and then we get the hilarious reaction of the heroes. Oh god, it's it's just. I mean, I get it with Colby because he's probably still scarred about chocolate from the Jerry incident. He you ain't know, no he, Hershey bar. He ain't no Hershey bar, and he ain't about to eat no Hershey bar. But, like, and, like, and then I think it's, like, I don't know why the others let the outsider of their tribe, like, guilt them into not having, like, a bite of chocolate. Because you, Colby Donaldson, are not going to out-macho me. If you think it's, you know, not honorable or any way to do this, and of course it's not, and we are all going to stone-faced, you know, intimidate the villains about our choice to not eat chocolate, which is the only reason why we're doing this challenge in the first place. Yeah, like, if I were, if I were Amanda or Serena, they're just like, um, I'll, I'll take it, I'll take it. I'll have to. Yeah, uh, like I'll have I'll have theirs, and I just love the the entire idea that are in their like little hero brains that this is going to intimidate the villains that like you know Boston Rob and Courtney are just going to be stripped to their core. <laughs> you know. Oh my god, they didn't even eat their chocolate. <laughs> yeah, this just this, this stunning display of bravery is just they're so silly. It's just they great. Didn't, they didn't want their chocolate. They must be really motivated to win that chocolate. Yeah, Tyson, I'm sure it was just shaking in his boots. Like, you know, we got enough cracks as it was. Like, hey, we'll take theirs. And they were probably yeah. snickering at this whole display. But I hope there was, like, ex, like uh, interviews where they were all just like, can you get a load of those idiots? <laughs> and they didn't even get any anyway. We just kept eating the chocolate. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's just another great, um, you know, showing of, you know, your heroes are one way and the villains are so much more fun. Um Leads into a question I have is who do you think has gotten the biggest hero edit so far of the season? Uh, before Boston. you answer that, I should clarify that, of course, we all know who the real heroes are. The troops. I don't think you're allowed to say that as a Canadian. But we have heroic troops, too. They were, they were beanies and stuff. All troops matter. Yes. That's, that's I think that's the newest line in our uh, theme in our uh, theme song. <laughs> theme song. Our national anthem. <laughs> the Canadian theme song. Sure. Uh, 
you know, I think the Canadian only... theme song is the the uh, soundtrack to the Littlest Hobo. Two only... people listening got that joke, and they are loving it. Only real countries get an anthem. Um, anyway, um, what were we even actually saying? Biggest hero edit. Biggest so hero edit. Um, I would go top of you know first thing that comes to mind is Boston Rob. Yeah, I mean, I might have just put this question in here so I could see. you wanted to hear talk. it. You wanted um, to hear me. I think it's not, without question. I mean, some of it's just, you know, the ridiculous, you know, Jeff Probst, you know, fawning over right. uh, Boston Rob that makes all of the, you know, you know, iconoclasts of the internet think they're the first person to try and insult Boston Rob. Uh, that one was for you. Go give us, enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's not only, and I th- it, uh, at the time you're watching it, and it, yeah, it's like, is he going to win? Because yeah, everybody seems to be looking for it. And honestly, I'm not even sure if it was this month, these two episodes as much, but he got, you know, the fainting spell on the heroic comeback. And uh, I did not get it. I didn't mention this last time, but um, can I very quickly say how hilarious it is during the fainting spell that they have the camera act as Boston Rob. And it's like, Oh no, I'm walking through the woods. Uh oh, I'm falling. <laughs> it's really his POV. Like why? Why did that happen? Yeah, every once in a while the show, I think, tries to do some arty things, like, you know... I guess, I mean, they just had the season before, they had done Shambo's dream sequence, so... Yeah, they're, they're, they're feeling themselves. They so got a couple kids straight out of film school, you know, they're testing stuff out. But anyway. yeah, it's like, he always gets the big win in the challenges, and I think a lot of that's because he's the best puzzler out Man, there. And some of it also fun. is just positioning, like, he makes sure he's on top of that uh, puzzle for the big shot at the end, or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think it's just interesting that, you know, in this uh, season of Heroes vs. Villains, I don't think you could even consider a single hero for the hero edit. Um, the ones that seem to be more sympathetic are the ones that are losing, uh, like in Tom and Colby. Uh, and I don't know how sympathetic Colby truly is. Uh, Tom, I think a little bit, but maybe that's my own bias. But, you know, you don't get a big hero edit when you were losing from the beginning. Maybe an underdog. Right. Uh, Certainly not James or Rupert or Matt. Not JT. Yeah, not JT. And it's just like... He's getting like a big edit, but it's not a hero edit. Yeah. Whereas I do think they're like really invested in making Rob look like heroic. He's the one, you know, we'd be, you know, doomed without Rob. He's the one building our shelter. He's winning challenges. And I just bring that up now, not to just slyly, you know, hey, Rob, I love him, but... Because of what's coming. Um, and I think the reason why they do that is maybe from what we were talking about. The Heroes Tribe, not all that much fun and not all that heroic. Villains Tribe, so much fun. You know, bonding. All of that. Multitude of personalities. Yeah, and that's about to change. And, you know, the show was losing their heroes versus villains you know, dichotomy that they were so sure would build fun storylines. But they get another one when they just have to create a hero within that villains and set up the the, the biggest villain. So, I, yeah, I, I think you know part of it obviously is just probably the love of Jeff Probst and CBS, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, for you know Rob Mariano, and some of it I think is because uh, you know they spend a lot of time in the Rob versus Russell storyline to begin, but I think that's to build up Russell. And right. Russell will take down a hero, and if he doesn't have another tribe of heroes in order to do that, then they'll create one in the villain's tribe. Speaking of villains, um, I think another fun thing that happened this episode was uh, we get to see the beginning of Parvati's man- manipulation of Russell. Uh, how much did you love the scene where she will not take any of Russell's garbage? 
I mean, obviously. It's good. And it's like, that just also shows that it's like, Russell, like, as much as he said, like, in the beginning, because he's, like, the new guy, you know, it's like, oh, wow, it's like, I'm, like, starstruck by all these people. Like, we know. You were there for Pirate Master, Russell. We know the truth. And then the fact that, like, he's just playing, you know, he goes to the pretty girls again. He's like, oh, yeah, you can ride my coattails. He says, too poverty shallow. It's like, cool, you have not, you did not write, watch Micronesia, did you, buddy? Um, I do wonder, though, if, I mean, well, I guess that's not ultimately poverty's mistake, but, you know, if it's really, a, honestly, a good idea strategically as much as it is, you know, satisfying to let Russell know that you have a mind of your own. Yeah, and it's interesting, and I think it does kind of, it's a push-pull throughout the season, because I do think it is important that Russell doesn't ever get to treat poverty too much like one of his, you know, dumb girls alliance. Yeah. I don't think that's the terminology he gave it, but the only one I'm comfortable saying. I hate that guy. Um, we know. But at the same time, there will come a time down the line where, you know, stepping on his also fragile male ego will hurt poverty. Which yeah. um, is and- a shame because God is it satisfying in the moment. Yes, it is. And I think we'll get there. We'll get there. I think it works because if anybody's able to, you know, work, you know, the complicated demon mind of Russell, it's Barbity. And I, I love it that even in a scene where he is giving her her one ticket to salvation because he's not really on the outs, or at least he doesn't know for sure that he's on the outs because he doesn't know that everybody knows he has the idol. Right. Um and she is, he's like, you know, hey, we're going to be okay, and I got this idol. And even there, and she's, you know, she's very grateful, and this is awesome and all that, but she's still going to remind him that she don't ride nobody's coattails. And that's why poverty is awesome. Indeed. Indeed she is. And, and I should also you know, point out that it's also, uh, they were the only two people there. The rest of the villains are together bonding. And yeah, obviously I some was- of that is alliance stuff. But the reason why that big alliance is a group is because they just get along. Yeah, I was, like, I mean, it worked out, and obviously he had to tell, like, she needed the moment for Russell to tell her anyway. But I was kind of like, Parv, is it really such a great idea to be hanging out with him alone right now? Like, maybe she's just really wanted more chocolate. But I was like, (laughs) that watering hole looks looks pretty nice, doesn't it? Maybe you should go. Maybe you should should be throwing him under the bus. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, I can't believe he's looking for that idol. You know, I I found an idol in Micronesia, and I left it there. That's right. I don't know why everybody thinks I'm the bad guy. This guy is real shifty. And also, like, should Danielle even be here? Yeah, that sort of thing. Where was Danielle, actually? Because I don't think she was in the pool with them, was she? Maybe she had a little too much chocolate. She needed to go off by That's right. They they probably all did a bunch of that. All right, so that's all, I think, the the background stuff, not the, you know, the gameplay stuff. And I will say... This season, this rewatch is actually kind of difficult for us because so much of what we are used to doing is speculative. And it's, <laughs> uh, it's like, hey, do you think this move was a bad idea? Would pay off? Um, we'll speculate in a different way. We'll try to do counter histories and should they have done this a different way? And uh, to start, we'll talk about the first person to go home in these two episodes. Did Suri screw up or was it just a case that she took a bad beat? It's tricky because. Um... I think if she hadn't 
you know, I think the main read, I guess the main mistake would be not reading, like they know JT is shifty, you know? And I think it's the decision to trust JT because they know JT wants Candace out because A, he obviously was pushing it this time. B, had been mentioned mentioned it last week. Mm-hmm. And I think as much as some of it is, is just like, ah, eh, he flipped, what can you do? You know, it was, they they got her with the, like, play, there's the idol and the flip, like, it took, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like, I think if she had a little bit more of a Sandra, anybody, anyone but me, that, you know, like, is Candace that important to your group, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there's still only two of Colby and Tom... You maybe get JT more on your side because he really wants Candace out for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but JT for two weeks in a row has been really like anti Candace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like, and if she hadn't convinced Amanda to go against the Candace plan as JT watches ominously on a bluff, um, then that probably would have been what happened. Yeah, and, she'd be fine. and I agree. I think like she wouldn't have gone home if she didn't do what she did. So in that sense, she needs to share some of the blame. I understand why she wouldn't want to lose Candace because she feels like Candace is her only ally. Right. But I would also say, as you were saying, if the game is pulling against her, I don't know if you have the strength to keep her there. Uh, so, yeah, you toss that ally aside and make better ones. You and, know. yeah, there is also the if Candace is your only ally... Yeah, you like, might already be in trouble. Because, yeah, like, this is, like, why have you been, do, you know? Yeah, why are you signing on to be, you know, 4 5 then, if that's the case? Or, yeah, is that the math? No. Actually, 5 6. And, yeah, I think she why also. Tom? Yeah, Tom Colby. And see where you can, you know, get the other action. Um, the other thing is, I just don't think she had a relationship with JT. And some of that, you know, clearly could be on JT, but it didn't cost him. So <laughs> I think you have to worry about what's on her. Um, and if she had a relationship with JT, she wouldn't have been ha- trying to have a conversation without him. And so it, it's a bit of a you know mix because I do think the episode still showed the strength of Suri because she did get everybody to switch. They were like, yeah, sure, Candace, definitely Candace. We're doing it, Candace. I don't trust like, her either. Hello, that's dumb. And they're like, oh, you're right. Sorry, sorry, Suri. We'll never let it happen again. Yeah, very simply, and um, you know, it showed. I think what I was getting at earlier that a flaw at the Heroes Camp is um, I think they had two people that could have, you know, led them in, you know, strategic uh, thinking and that sort of thing. And that was Serene, that was Tom. And they decided, no, no, we're good. Our brain trust is going to be James, Rupert, Amanda, uh, JT. Even though, yeah, we have no reason to trust JT. Everybody picked up on the fact that he's kind of shifty. But they're still like, well, what are we going to do? That's our plan. Yeah. Maybe maybe they figure, you know, let Amanda be the brains behind the operation because they know even if she plays the best game and get to the end, whoever she takes with her will still win. Possibly. But I think it's more just like, you know, her and James knew each other. I think maybe they made a deal with Rupert. And it's just like, that's the other thing. Like, if you're Cherie, if you're not in that James-Amanda uh, thing, which she kept insisting, uh, she wasn't because, you know, Amanda did her wrong. And I guess the evidence seems to suggest on some level that, she wasn't their primary alliance because she seemed to be the one brought in for the second conversations about strategy, not the first. Mm-hmm. Now she was able to win them over. And I don't think they were ever against her. Like they never voted for her, right. but I don't think she was in the main alliance. 
why wasn't she worried about the Amanda James closeness? Why wasn't she looking earlier in the season to um, team up against it? And I think part of it is because she's probably a level of comfort in the ways that she can control Amanda, uh, which, touche. Uh, I mean, <laughs> she did it this episode. But I do think that, like, she should have maybe been looking for better alliances. Maybe they just weren't there for her. Or maybe everybody was treating Suri like a number, which is, you know, not the way Suri really wants to play. Or should she? Because she's awesome. Uh, but I do think, yeah, if she just would have kept her mouth shut, Candace goes home, and then probably Tom goes home the next one. The idol's burned, and Suri's still around. And probably for a long time. Um Probably not to win, though. Maybe she's like, I, I want control now because I'm yeah. tired of coming in, you know, third, fourth. Uh, so I think that's kind of where it is, Sri. I think we got to see uh, in this episode why she's awesome and her strengths as a player. Uh, she can think things through. But, you know, I think she had some long odds with the idol. And I do think she put she did a few things to put herself in that position. Uh, so that's uh, on her, but we should talk about the person that did take her out because I think it was a really strong play by Tom. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, way to find the idol, first of all. Able of work there. Good job. Maybe don't let Amanda know you have it, but, you know. What are you going to do? She's right there. It's, it's, right it's there. Get, don't go for the sock. Go for the crotch. Yeah, it's all right. And then nobody will suspect the bulge. But yeah, yeah. You know, he, he hasn't seen that advice. The other thing is um, you don't just slink off right away. Yeah, that <laughs> also. So many people have done that. Like, he came, it, like, it seemed, he was so close where it seemed like he was, oh, I'm still looking, I'm still looking. But then, he, like, like 10 seconds was not enough time, buddy. Like, no. And just, you can leave that spot, but then, like, let them see you looking at a secondary location over here. Yeah. Don't be the first person to leave that spot. Wait for other people to give up. Just, oh, okay. But, um, yeah, and to, like, to go back to, you know, to not be so, like, upset that JT voted for Stephanie to just, like, consider that a bridge burned and to work mm-hmm. with it, you know, contact him again where he can do the, like, I mean, he's not, he's not Southern, but still close to the, like, good old boy thing. And, like, the winners that they were saying, like, if we go to the end. Winners, man to man. Yeah. Yeah. And man, winner, winner to winner, because if we're both in the end together, they got to vote for one of us. Which, uh, foreshadowing. Yes. Um, I don't know about that. Um, but, yeah, and... It, it worked. Look yeah, no, I think, yeah, the biggest thing he did was, yeah, bury the hatchet with JT, not, open, you know, let, let that door be open. And then he let JT pick the target. He didn't, like, go back and was like, all right, now we're going to make our move against James or Amanda, like they were pushing for before, or even Candace. Like, once he saw those things were done and he could tell that JT was bothered, it's like, hey, we well, could do just Suri. If you want a Suri, it's going to be Suri. And here's the other thing. We don't need anybody more than us. Because I yeah. think so many people complicate that idea. So many people want, you know, more security or a bigger alliance, a, a majority. Yeah. Some podcasters even will, like, totally destroy the fact that the plurality will win. It's like, no, no, everybody must know. Um, okay, maybe just the one podcaster. Um, yeah, he's just like, yeah, us three right now. We can make this happen. Nothing else. This is the plan. And it seemed like JT, even though he was like essential to the vote split on the other side, uh, he needed Tom to explain it to him. He figured out, you know, how the three, three, two would work. Yeah. Um, 
And it was just like, all right, now let's just do this. Let's lock it in. Everything is good. We don't, you know, and he didn't wor- let JT worry too much about the future implications. And that brings us to the quote that gave us the episode title that, you know, I so very cleverly opened the episode with um, and brought up by uh, one of our Twitter followers in, in a question to us, uh, Don Smiley uh, at Freddy Physical. Uh, it's just, um, we tomorrow we make our apologies tonight we make a move and I just think that I think that decisiveness was the exact way to play with JT because it just you know got into some of the those ephemeral bonding tools that they had you know we are men we you know don't worry and I think he was just reassuring and that gets us to tribal council uh, and I just want a quick note on that it's like how freaking smug were that other side when Tom plays his idol. Very. Yeah, just like they're like laughing, like ha ha ha. What's this idiot doing? Well, for one, like he's not going home, so that's cool. Yeah, I think they're all just like, yeah, we got this puzzled out, and I mean, and obviously it could just be editing, throwing in different reactions to them. But I don't. I I choose to believe that they were being smug because it's more fun that way to see you know Rupert and James somehow get outsmarted. Uh, So (laughs) and James when an idol is involved. Who knew? Uh, so yeah, great moves by Tom, and I think it was just a, a nice little reminder that you know Tom Westman's pretty good. And he's pretty I cool. Was, I, I was surprised that they didn't show like that many reaction shots. Like once Siri went home, like they kind of showed Amanda looking, but but like there wasn't like a lot of like I am shocked that this is happening, and I'm like, but. They should be. I want to see. Yeah, you should be mad at JT or like trying to figure out the math of it. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, how could a vote split ever fail? Right. Never. Just ask ask Stephen. That's why you got to just put all the votes on one person. You got to always split the vote, except for the times when you really shouldn't do that, and you should just pick a target. This is also a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, But yeah, I just think it was a nice little reminder this episode uh, how he beats Suri at her own game. It's just that Tom isn't just a guy who won a bunch of challenges. And I think that's, you know, as much as, like, uh, uh, Sandra's reputation is just that she floats along and votes the way people tell her, I think a lot of people just put Tom in that bucket. But, no, he is, uh, you know, a strategic thinker. He's maybe not the all-time strategist. You know, he um, used his teammates to help him with strategy. But he understands and is willing to do, you know, to play the game uh, to the point where, you know, he will – Slightly coax one of his competitors to eventually leave a buoy. Uh, so I, I and I think we saw that. I think the um, the way he was able to work with JT again instead of just you know, having his her feelings hurt because I don't think yeah you know, Colby was up for that necessarily. Um, although Colby was probably more okay with it if, from JT than he might have been from somebody else. Uh, and yeah, just decisive way the way he was able to connect with him, and it worked out. And I do think. Um, that if Tom and Suri had teamed up, would this season have been like much better for them? For that, you got it. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess, guess it, it could have been much worse, but yeah, yeah, true. Um, I guess like where it really would depend is if they're able to get enough allies, because like if they're like seen as an obvious pair, they mm-hmm. become very, very much a big target. Yeah, but like so, you get three. Tom is kind of the the the, the ringleaders, yeah. and then you get, still get Stephanie and Colby. Stephanie Colby, JT is going to float with whoever side is stronger. Uh, like if they and, really wanted to, they could have got Sugar, but not if they had JT and Colby. So. 
Yeah, and it's fine. Yeah, whatever, sugar. Just let her go. It's fine. But that's just uh, three other people on the other side. Like, I think Rupert, James, and uh, Amanda were the solid lock, and then other mm-hmm. people were just like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll follow you. And it's just, and in this, uh, you know, we'll hear Jeff Probst way down the line uh, talk about how, you know, if only Russell and Rob had teamed together, they could have run this game. And A, no, they never would have teamed together. You can't yeah. team with Russell Hans. And, you know, as much as Poverty says she doesn't ride coattails, Boss and Rob truly uh, doesn't um, because he's got a huge ego, not necessarily because he's great at this. Um, he loses to people that he has partnerships with, but he won't let somebody else take the wheel. Uh, but yeah, I think like if Tom and Sari had been the brain trust of the heroes, they might have done better. But maybe not. Maybe just because they can't do puzzles, it doesn't matter. Um, but it's just uh, it's interesting, and I just think that's maybe something to you know all the future survivors that are watching this show. Uh, maybe don't always look at the person whose you know skills are complementary to yours as your main competitor, maybe sometimes it's good to form alliances with people who aren't idiots. Yeah. I mean, idiots, they're unpredictable. Yeah, they do to the, uh, to the point where yeah, so he's like, why are these people so stupid? And actually, yeah. it's the last thing on Tom. Well, I guess not the last thing, because we have to talk about him leaving. Um, when he's voting Suri out, I think he even recognizes and gives her a little bit of respect that, you know, I... It had to be you because I can't let you manipulate all these weak binds in the tribe. Yeah. Again, like he's observant. Like he's he's one of the better winners. Just because he wins challenges, internet doesn't mean he's stupid. Because uh, so many internet is like we don't like challenges, so I only that doesn't mean anything. Only the people that give confessionals about how their masterminds are the ones to win, even though. And that concludes this week's Andy yells at the straw men. Well, the uh, episode isn't over yet. There's still time. Uh, so let's talk about John, uh, Tom going home. Is uh, Was that a mistake by JT to vote out Tom instead of, you know, the completely hobbled James? Um, I mean, you know, I don't think... I guess the question is, what Tom has said, Hey, I don't know if writing that letter is such a good idea, but maybe put the pen down. That's where I'm going with it. Because ultimately, they were going to vote somebody out again. And obviously, they couldn't know this, but they were going to have to vote somebody out because the next episode is a double elimination. Uh, Sorry for people that haven't watched it ever before. Um, And then, you know, things would go okay for them for a bit. But I do think that, yeah, so, like, James's weakness and challenges really didn't affect them too much. I mean, they do lose the next one. Right, it costs yeah. them another reward. But, um, yeah, if you voted on James now, maybe it just would have been Tom next anyway. But kind of, like, getting back to that idea, it's like, yeah, I think Tom might have stopped you from that stupid-ass idea in a way that the people he was, you know, aligned with, all of whom kind of think, like, I don't know about this, JT, weren't strong enough necessarily to step forward. I think Amanda was like, ah, but he has the idol. Uh, I better not say anything. Rupert, on the other hand, I think was all for it. Yeah, there you go. So well, we'll, like, we'll cover that, I guess, when it gets there. But like, So, I, like, JT votes Tom out because he wants to show that, like, that was just a move to get rid of Suri, and he hasn't betrayed right. that other alliance. But, like, Betray that other alliance. They're idiots and they're dooming your tribe. How about just like form a better alliance with Tom and Colby and Candace and let's make this roll. But no, I mean, for one, you know, as you pointed out, for some reason he just doesn't like Candace. Yeah. Uh, probably because she's so much smarter than he is and he's threatened by it perhaps. Um, 
But that's like. Or he just doesn't, I mean, I think JT watches the show, maybe he just doesn't trust her, because he's like, why is she on the Heroes Tribe? She mutiny. <laughs> I wonder if there was a lot of that, too. It's like, you know, you're not one of my honorable heroes. Yeah. Um, I think that was starting to be a Rupert impression, and then I just bailed on it. Because I just want to make it clear that that was clearly not me impersonating JT. Like, that was oh, yeah, another one of your classic Southern impersonations. You, you do so well. Um and what happened talking. here is I think JT really wanted to be the big hero. Uh, he wanted to be the big leader. And so yeah. he was trying, like, I can be the leader with these people, not these people. But again, it's just like, maybe form strong alliances. Yeah. Not necessarily with people you can't beat, but JT should feel confident that he can beat people unless he does something really stupid, which you know, could happen. Oh, I wonder, yes. So I do I do think Tom might have been a more level hand to help JT in the rough waters ahead. Uh, certainly more so than James, which you get, who isn't very level-headed. And You're telling me James walk. doesn't understand what to do with idols? It's, yeah. yeah. James is like, when people give idols away, it can never fail. Um, moment, moment of silence for the fact that James brought his China idols as his luxury item, which is like the greatest thing that has ever happened on the show. Like, say what you will about the heel turn of James, but that is amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, here's the thing. Like, when he's not, like, being aggressive and competing, he's a funny dude. Like, I think a lot of people don't remember that. It's like, you know, he was, you know, a a laughing, joyful presence on juries. Uh, And, yeah, that's a fantastic example. And, like, when he got voted out, he was able to, you know, call himself the stupidest player ever. Uh, so, fantastic. I didn't notice that. Yeah. For, I can't I'll, believe you didn't know that little bit of Survivor Trivia. Uh, I'm I'm not a connoisseur of trivia. Shocked yeah. and appalled. Who, whose role is that? Who's the trivia person? Oh, let's, yeah. still, let's still say it's Barbara Anderson. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Everything is Barbara Anderson. But yeah, I, I think that's where it could have been. Because otherwise, I do think voting out Tom was a wash. But I do think maybe JT should have just, you know, made a better alliance. So I'm not going to ask if, like, was it a bad idea for, like, Amanda or uh, to vote out, you know, not vote out James. Of course she shouldn't vote out James. You can yeah. tell he's taken out. You keep your ally. And But, I mean, I, I do like how everybody was just, like, to, totally poo-pooing Candace's, you know, medical opinion. That, right. you know, yeah. James ain't going to be right. Literally in medical school, but yeah. Um, although, to be fair, we don't know her special, at, you know, what she's specializing in. I'm sure they don't either. But um, I also, you know, I did actually, speaking of James and the whole injury and all that, which, first of all, occurs in the same challenge where, you know, Mike Grassy gets hurt, or I think that's the right guy, um, and Ben Browning gets kicked out or whatever, and like, and in in the, these two episodes, they do the Russell Swan challenge, which, like, I don't know why they're like, let's go, oh, those two challenges that ended in disaster, let's use those again. That's a great edit. Why don't we go back to that Micronesia challenge, too, where everyone right. got it? Let's here. put some jagged sticks out there, yeah. Yeah, I, I, drag them along. Anyway, but... Um, now, how long will it take Survivor to figure out that, like, having com- people compete in, like, enclosed spaces with no, like, protection could be dangerous for them? Yeah. Like 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 lacrosse players wear padding when they're you know in, in that little rinky area. It's our national sport, and I still don't really know anything about lacrosse. But yeah, it's a national sport, summer sport. 
I was like, excuse me. Hockey. Yeah, there's a, well, there's a hockey thing, but yeah, lacrosse was actually named our national sport before so, uh, hockey. And then they had the split between summer and hockey. Because we have... Summer uh, and hockey. That is the most... I know it was an accident, but that's the most Canadian thing. I don't even know if it was an accident. It was an accident that I didn't mean to say it, but there's a part of me that knew what I was saying. Um, and now, of course, people like, oh, who plays lacrosse? You know, uh, yeah, really rich guys named Chad. Um, that's true here, too. Yeah, no, that's, uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just like, that, that's just a bad idea. And so it's like, you have to be sympathetic for James. Like, he just can't win, man. And, and I do want to um, say that I actually do feel like, I feel like, you know, we make fun of Amanda a lot, and, you know, because she cries a lot and she's bad at travel capsule. But I actually really feel for her here because, like, not only, like, I think it's easy to forget, like, yeah, like, James is obviously her closest ally, but, like, they've, you know, they've always been on tribes together, even, you know, they are probably, like, legitimately close, like, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's only been, like, a couple years that they've actually known each other or however long, like, I'm sure playing the game like that really, you know, can, can does not always really bond you to people, and, you know, that's, and she's seen him get pulled before, like, it's distressing. Oh yeah, that, no, I have no problem with her reaction. I think I'm that said, her little run to him is <laughs> the worst. And John, John must like have died watching that because we know how John loves to criticize running for him. Just <laughs> it's not great, Amanda. It's not great. I was waiting for her to jump into his arms, like no. <laughs> also, um, how they how they used him then in the next just. Don't know what I'm doing, keeping talking about challenges. Well, you are the challenge specialist. You do, you're yeah. the only person that has uh, participated in Survivor as challenges. Ish. I mean, that's a very loose interpretation. But yeah, I did Paley Center, and I did. Well, God damn it! Um, I was going to do better at the swearing this time. No, yeah, that one's fine. I'll, I'll say that in front of my kids. <laughs> like going to Catholic it? school. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, that again, they go straight into another dangerous challenge where everyone's blindfolded and that, you know, so to keep James from walking, they stick him on the, on the platform and he actually does a decent job, but I was noting, I'm like, his voice is really too low for this. Yeah. And, and by like, the end, he had poor guy, he's so raspy. Like I thought, yeah. <laughs> Walk your ass. Walk your ass. <laughs> like, What? <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's not on James. But they got there. I mean, they got there. Nope. It's just they can't do the freaking puzzle. Nope. Can't do it. Uh, I want the nerve of James, though, saying that, like, you know, him on one leg is better than, like, one of the all-time challenge beasts in Survivor history. He has no idea who Tom Westman is, does he? No, he's just like, I don't know, he's old, so. No, like, how could that guy ever help a team win? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, hey. James, remember how you kept saying how Stephanie lost every t- every challenge? You know the real reason for that? It's because the other team had Tom freaking Westman. Now, look, he is older. And Ian. And, yeah, and Ian. But, you know, he's not on this season because he, he, he's not a hero. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a beauty, right? That's right. We have on very good authority that he should be cast on a beauty drive. And, you know, seeing some of the guys that have been, I mean, you know, Ian. Look, I didn't know he had an age well. I didn't know. 
What are we know. even talking about? But uh, just yeah, that, uh, but no, obviously that's you know James fighting for his you know continued yeah, place in the game. But and and Tom is a little older, and it sounds like you know spending thirteen hours on a buoy actually did some long term damage to you know his feet and legs. But still, come on, James. Uh, I'll, I'll help us more than that guy. No, 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 you won't. And he did. He did some solid yelling, though. Yeah, but it's like that's because it's like we had to put you, the strongest survivor in history, <laughs> on our collar. You did all right. I think we would have been better off if you weren't doing that. And the next time might not allow you to sit there and yell at people. They really might need you to walk. And the idea that or like God forbid, run. Yeah, like what through thoughts and prayers or rubbing the hands together that like we're gonna heal what is clearly like a torn ACL in three days out on a beach. Which I you know, I don't spend a lot of time on beaches, but I've heard that the footing isn't that secure. It's like, much more on. difficult to run, yes. Like uh, you know, just say I don't care. You're not an alliance that I am. We're voting you out. But the, like, yeah. yeah, to say uh, if you guys really think that guy is more valuable than just vote me out, they should have all been like, well, okay. I mean, James just asked us to vote him out. I mean, maybe you know, valuable, wink, 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 with his vote. It's a, actually, and similarly, in, I noticed in the previous tribal council where Sarigo's home, James straight up says he's voting based on challenge strength. And it's yeah. like, there, we know you're not, like, there's no need to lie about that, James. <laughs> yeah, that just shows, like, the entire, you know, hero mindset. That yeah. I'm just going to invent things so that it fits into my worldview of this is how I vote. This is Tom freaking Westman. He is one survivor, and you're trying to act like he's a loser. His tribe never lost. He himself won, what, four or five immunities? Go to hell, James. Sorry, uh, I guess I'm passionate about Tom. All right, so anything else from this episode? Or these two episodes? Um, well, I mean, hate to break, bring up another challenge, but we didn't talk about the oiled up challenge. Uh, there we go. That's James showing his value yeah. to the show. Oh, my gosh. Um, my, I wish that my glasses weren't stuck by my headphones so I could do a proper... I think they should and then I think the season missed an opportunity not having more challenges that pit James versus Sandra <laughs> oh poor Sandra um, also how disappointed was Jeff when Parvati sat that challenge out no okay, okay never mind never mind and I guess they, like, yeah. why were they making like you know these girls have to sit in guys, and then they still had guys facing women. And, you yeah, know. I, what was the strategy there? And yeah, if you would like to take a minute to talk about Danielle, who's the only like well-endowed young woman on this season, you can. But you know, James, goddamn. Well, yeah. I will say with Danielle yeah. is that you know she uh, played her role. If you know you figure that she was put on there to be somebody who fills out a bikini. She uh, certainly chose one that she filled out. 
I honestly don't, not to get too into, I don't know how it stays off. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's like, there is a lot of space there that shouldn't be involved in a bathing suit. I don't know how it stayed off. I mean, obviously, as the season goes on, there develops room, but, uh, and I, you know, the skirt uh, is just very cute. That's a, just, you know, a nice classy <laughs> touch. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like a surprisingly, like, you know, the, What's inside is not, but like a surprisingly like childlike bikini. Yeah, with the polka dots. Yeah, maybe maybe that's why I don't talk about too much. She's doing weird things. And the yeah, the little ruffly skirt, which like I guess she's like trying. She, I haven't noticed. I we can ask John. She does. Maybe she just doesn't have much of an ass, and so she's trying to like balance it because that's what I don't know. That's what you do if we have ruffles on top. It's to distract. That's right. Uh, yeah. Well, I think she uses something else to distract, and you know, way to well, out John as the last man of the Purple Rock podcast. She doesn't need to have Russell. Russell's on top. She doesn't need to ruffle feathers. God damn it! What have we done? I know we should have ended the podcast minutes ago. I apologize to everyone. But yeah, she really Whatever. had to mention James oiled up. That was something. And you yeah. know, for all the the slack, you know, the slack that Colby is going to take, I think he still looks good for a man his age. Yeah, huh? you know, this is fine. He's probably yeah. like an easy. Like, he might be, like, the, you know, number two there. Like, there's not, like, a ton of, ton of, like, especially body wet. Like, Tyson's too skinny. Sorry. Yeah, and his little man talk, I know, but still. Um, and the other, you know, meh. Yeah, but no, I do think that uh, poverty broke some hearts there. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I think uh, that's all for this week. We were able to keep it shorter because we kept it to two episodes. Uh, two episodes that uh, maybe weren't the, that earth-shattering for the uh, rest of the season, but uh, revealing the strength of the season. Still two great episodes. And mm-hmm. um, just that why people are wondering, uh, I didn't really choose to set these two episodes off. It's the next two that I really felt needed to be their own episode because it would be weird that we would be talking about the next episode with these two and then have to wait until the fallout. So next week, uh, we're, again, two episodes. Episodes six and seven. Yes. That, my math is correct there, right? I believe so. so. It's a little confusing for if any of those of us who are watching along on on Hulu, because they include the, like, Surviving Survivor special. Yeah, that's and, on the DVD box set, too. It, but they list it as episode one on Hulu. And so I, like, every time I have to be like, look at the title and be like, yes, okay, I saw that one. I can do this one. And it's, it's hard. It's a hard yeah. note. I, I briefly considered, like, should we talk about Surviving Survivor? But then I was like, I don't want to watch it. So that's yeah. a good thing. But if anybody wants to do a live blog, uh, whatever thing on the Surviving Survivor special, uh, feel free. Uh, just uh, tell us where you posted it because we don't want to. Uh, oh, we make jokes. All right, so um, we try. <laughs> uh, so this is the podcast you've been watching on YouTube. Maybe you're listening to it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. But there's other things you could do to follow the Purple Rock Podcast. You could visit our website at purplerockpodcast.com. Uh, you could visit us on Twitter. The show is Purple Rock Pod. I am Purple Rock Andy. You are... Purple Rock Emma. Um, we got a Tumblr, right? Maybe? Yeah, I don't do much with it, but um, sometimes we things. It's- Have you been posting these to it? No. 
I haven't I haven't posted our post to it in a long time. I have I have reblogged stuff. Um, I can check real quick on the last thing I've done. But um, yeah, there's honestly there's not much. Like I don't think a lot of our users are really on Tumblr. I know we have some, but I don't think there's a ton. If if you are you like if you are someone who follows us, you're probably better off following someone else in the Survivor Tumblr community. Although they post a lot, that's right. And there's a lot of Big Brother crap. Um, yes, the last one I posted was it, they don't timestamp it, but was technically not Survivor related. And it said people who enjoy coffee but can still function without it should be feared. People who don't like coffee at all and therefore need to be don't even need to come contemplate having some in order to function should be worshipped so I pointed out that four that we are a weird freakish anomaly and four-fifths of the Purple Rock podcast do not drink coffee because we are the worst possible cross-section of adults yes that, that was true and it was the weirdest thing uh, and you know there's actually other things that two-fifths of us don't partake yeah. in that make us even weirder really, um, like there's a lot of weird coincidences between us that's it's right. Odd. It's odd. That's all you you're, you're my uh, younger female doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Paler. Paler. Why are you so pale? Uh, all right. So uh, tune in next week to see if I have even more of my Survivor beard going. I, this is uh, what I would look like on episode two of Survivor, basically, right here. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, and no, I don't think I will. These things are itchy. I don't know why anybody would ever want to grow one. Plus I think it, it gets less itchy once you're like fully there. Perhaps. But also it really uh, betrays how freaking old I am with all, uh, all of this. Yeah. No, no. Wise and distinguished. Uh, last thing, if you'd like to help the podcast um, you and you like to shop at Amazon... You can go to www.purplerockpodcast.com slash Amazon, and we will make pennies on the dollar uh, for every anything you purchase. Ah, uh, we just missed Prime Day. Oh, yeah, but you know what? We want you paying full price. So and Prime Day sucks anyway. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I wouldn't know because you think your deals are bad. <laughs> just imagine what the Canadian Prime Day was. Um, it might not even have been a Prime number. Oh my god, that was the lamest, lamest joke. Mark loved it. All right. <laughs> Mark. Uh, anything else? No. All right, for everybody listening on the podcast, enjoy the theme music. Bye. <laughs>